We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody, back for another one, guys. It feels like it's been forever, Derek, since we have done a video together. I know we tried one a couple days ago about some of the better players on the Colts roster in terms of impact, and then obviously the weather kind of influenced that, and we weren't able to do it together and complete that video. But uh, good to be back on together, man. Good to be back in the saddle a little bit. and talking about the Indianapolis Colts because it's kind of felt weird, man. Just like this weird point in the offseason where there wasn't a whole lot going on. There's OTAs, that was about it. And the media really wasn't even out there. And there really just wasn't a whole lot of content, you know, from a creation standpoint to go from. And so it just feels good. It feels right that we are back here today and we are talking about the Colts. Man, how have you been? I've been all right, you know. Uh, I wish that I could say this video. I didn't look like a like a freaking lobster because my <laughs> uh, skin is all red. I'm I kind of been getting out in the sun a little bit more, yeah. uh, especially with work and everything. But all's been good, you know. Just trying to deal with life and balance and work and doing this too, and just kind of sucks, you know, because I'm trying to occupy my days and like because of the fact that there's not much to talk about with the Indianapolis Colts right now. Dude, I feel like for me, it's just, it's just been, obviously there's so many things that have happened with between moving, between, you know, new job, between getting engaged, like, you know, three of what of the most stressful things people say, I'm just like, I'm taking them all <laughs> on. So that's why it does feel like it's been a while since I've been able to really do a video. I think the, the content's just taking a hit because of that, because of mm -hmm. kind of the nature of it. But, uh, you know, and, and obviously I'm going to be gone this whole next week with stuff with my job, but really excited once July hits, man, to really kind of get into it, I think, and kind of jump it back into the content a little bit more when stuff like training camp comes up, you know, because obviously the Colts are, are almost to the summer as well before training camp. So not going to be a whole lot going on there as well, but Anyway, enough talking about us. Let's get into the topic of this video, guys. And, you know, in this one, I did an article about a week ago or so on ColtsWire.com talking about, uh, you know, looking at the Indianapolis Colts. There are a lot of players, I think I would say, uh, out, out of this roster that have something to prove, right? There's guys that, you know, were a part of this team the last couple of years uh, or former high picks that you just feel like, man, now, now is the time for them to really prove 
that they deserve a spot on this roster for this season and in the future. And so I had initially on my list, I believe I had six players. We're going to do a little, or I had five players in my initial article. We're going to do a little bit more than that. I believe seven players we're going to talk about today uh, for players who have a lot to prove here going into things like either contract years or maybe just how you view them and how maybe the Colts are going to view them, uh, depending how their season goes for kind of are they parts of the of the future of this team or are they maybe more role players? And so anything and everything in between with that, really excited to get into this one. And I think we can start, Derek, by talking about uh, some of the offensive guys here. And we can start with a guy who has the last two years, especially been the Indianapolis Colts number one receiver. But last year it felt like even though he, you know, was close to a thousand yards, he led the Colts in receptions. It felt like it was a down year for Michael Pittman Jr. It just it, it just didn't feel like it was the Michael Pittman Jr. that we expected going off of what he did in 2021, the leap that he took from year two, year one to year two. It didn't necessarily look that way from year two to year three. And so obviously there are some factors with the passing game and how really it just was out of commission last year and all out of whack with all the different quarterbacks that the Colts did have last year and Frank Reich, you know, being let go in the middle of the season, really no offensive scheme, all those factors. But Pittman, I felt like definitely took a step back in some of the things that we're just not used to see him doing, you know, like dropping easy passes or fumbling the football in key situations, like just things that Pittman's actually been pretty good about typically uh, in his first two seasons. So talk to me about Michael Pittman and what you believe he has to prove here in 2023. Yeah, I mean, like you said from before, it's hard to really gauge where any of those wide receivers truly are after the season because, you know, just terrible passing game uh, coordination from everyone, right? Like the O-line was bad, the the quarterbacks were trash, and, you know, the wide receivers were just trying to do everything they can. And for the most part, for most of the year, the wide receivers were the best position group of the entire football team uh, on the offensive side of the ball, at least. So, I mean, you know, that was pretty impressive because, you know, there were times where they were making plays when the other, the rest of the team just wasn't. So, you know, that feel, that feels good to know that, you know, guys like Reggie Wayne could uh, get guys like that involved a lot more, but you're right. Like Michael Pittman is coming into a contract year and this is the sort of situation where, you know, Ballard drafted this guy in 2020 to, you know, take over this team. The ultimate hope was this guy could translate into a number one wide receiver for your team going forward. And like you said, he did that from year one to year two. In year one, he was hurt a little bit. He was out of sorts because he was a rookie. But then year two with Carson Wentz, who got him the ball a lot more often early in the year and started playing to his strengths of playing, you know, jump ball with these corners, you know, that, that really helped Michael Pittman become a lot more dominant. But then, like you said, last year, he took a back seat a lot of times to Alec Pierce in some of these games and a lot of games, especially at the end of the year, Michael Pittman was, you know, dropping passes that could have easily had been contributors in games and, was non-existent in some games. So it was very uncharacteristic of a guy that is supposed to be the number one guy on a, on a team. Like even, even the Raiders, 
uh, were losing a ton of games last year, Cody. But at the same time, there was no question how good Devontae Adams was and uh, how could, how he could contribute in an offense even for as bad as the team was. So, you know, you're looking for Michael Pittman to be able to step that up. Like, I know this year is going to, again, be another trial run because of Anthony Richardson, who is an inconsistent quarterback right now. But you want we want to see... Michael Pittman start taking advantage of opportunities now. Now with this new offensive coordinator and new staff, is that going to come back? We'd like to hope so, but that's the hope that you're getting is that Michael Pittman gets back to that 2021 form. Here's a crazy stat that like I, I found when I was doing research on the article. You know what's crazy is like Michael Pittman was one of, I believe, let me, let me pull it up here. So Michael Pittman was one of 14 players who recorded over 87 receptions in 2022. But Derek, here's the crazy thing. He was one of only two players to not eclipse a thousand yards. You know who the other guy was? Just take, was take a guess. Who was the other guy? If you had to just think off the top of your head here. So how many catches for what? How many yards? 87 catches, 87 plus catches. He was one of 14. There was only two players and Pittman was one of them that did not eclipse a thousand yards. Who was the other one? Uh, like Hunter Wenfro or something? Nope. Austin Eckler, a running back, was the only other player to <laughs> not to not eclipse a thousand yards. So if that tells you how down Michael Pittman was in yards per reception last year, that should tell you everything you need to know, right? He had gotcha. the targets, he had the volume, he just didn't produce. He didn't produce in terms of actually making plays, you know, and getting down the field and stuff and. Um, so it, it, I think it's clear that the Colts are going to target him. I mean, that's not a, that wasn't a question last year. The question is, can he take advantage, like he talked about, and make bigger plays? And again, it's you know he probably will have more opportunities this year, whoever the quarterback is, to have more of those 50-50 balls. So you do think there's a good chance he'll get back there. But yeah, last year it was just crazy that that was like actually a thing that happened. So yeah, Michael Pittman has a great opportunity here to show that he is the number one moving forward because, like you talked about, he is in a contract year. You know, he has to uh, prove that he is the number one guy moving forward because he's probably going to want to get paid this next offseason, and it really will determine and dictate how much does he get paid. I mean, I would probably right now, if you're asking me, do you re-sign him or not, I would lean towards yes, but I probably wouldn't pay him as much as he could potentially earn if he shows out and proves he's undoubtedly the number one guy and he turns out to be Anthony Richardson's favorite target. So he has a great opportunity here, Michael Pittman does, uh, to show that 2022 is more of an enigma than the actual who he is as a player. So uh, he's definitely a guy that's going to, you know, we're going to be monitoring a ton um, to see kind of how he, you know, shakes off last year and some of the bad things that happened there with him. So, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Michael Pittman's the first guy on the list. Let's move on to the second guy. A guy that Derek, admittedly, I'm kind of surprised is still on the roster, but hey, he has an opportunity still. That's Mo Ali Cox, the veteran tight end, the veteran of the group, certainly. But we don't really know where he's going to be on this depth chart order, uh, Derek, because last year, I mean, he was like the third tight end at, at a lot of points last year. And, you know, with what you're paying him, you would think you don't feel comfortable paying a number three tight end that much money per year. But Mo, Mo Ali Cox is still on the roster. You know, he's, you know, getting closer to 30. So he's getting older. And I think, you know, we've labeled him for so many years as this project guy. And I feel like that's now starting to wear off. The last couple of years like you're like you know you're getting 30 mo like you can't be considered a project guy forever like it's either now or never and it feels like he's had opportunities but hasn't really done a whole lot with them or really been on the field like last year so talk to me about mo ali cox and why he has a lot to prove you know going into mini camp training camp in the preseason and such i mean it's <laughs> i mean it's no doubt that all these other tight ends that this Colts roster has. I mean, there are a lot of guys in this roster that have a great opportunity in Shane Steichen's offense to prove a lot of things to Shane Steichen. And at the end of the day, we're talking about it. Jelani Woods, who is the, who's like Molly Cox, but a, a slight bit bigger and a lot faster. And can run better routes, has better hands, has better receiving skills, it feels like. Just anything and everything athletically and moving on, he's just better than Molly Cox right now. And uh, and a little bit more consistent, too. And then on top of it, Kylan Granson, who is a lot smaller, but he's the kind of guy that's a great route runner. And for this kind of offense that spreads the ball around, Shane Steichen likes to get guys like that open, guys that can get create space. And Kylan Granson could see the field. And then Drew Ogletree, who, you know, last training camp was going crazy. I mean, there were times where people were wondering if he was going to take the number two tight end job this year, this last year, because of how great he was playing. Like he was playing better than Granson. He was he was practically playing better than every tight end in training camp until he hurt himself. So it's one of those things where like how much more time does that get put implemented? Because at some point Mo has to, you know, be a guy. And of course, you know, Steichen said that, you know, you're going to run the ball to win, but you're going to pass in order to score, you know, and if you can't score, then you can't win. And at the end of the day, it was inconsistent last year. And we got to give him the benefit of the doubt too, when it comes to the, we did it with Pittman. We got to do it with Mo Cox. The way that Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday ran their offenses personnel-wise was so stupid. Uh, there was a lot of different ways that, like, again, Molly Cox had a phenomenal game against the Tennessee Titans in what I believe it was like week four, week five of the season, and then didn't record recorded one catch in the next, like, four weeks. So it's like, I mean, that's not all his fault for, you know, the offense not tr- getting him involved. So hopefully we see a resurgence of Moali Cox, but 
you know, this is the last chance for him because he's getting to be in that 30 mark and, you know, the other guys are coming up. So he's going to yep. need to step it up. Yep. And you have a, a couple other guys you saw, you know, you signed Pharaoh Brown, who does, you know, is traditionally been more of that run blocking tight end, which is something that Mo actually struggled in last year. He's actually been pretty good pretty much his entire career. But last year he was not good at all in that department. And then obviously you did draft Will Mallory as well. Um, so, you know, there's so many guys here and so many bodies at the tight end room. It's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see who in the world is that guy uh, moving forward, you know, that maybe fills that third and fourth tight end role because it's such a deep position and we don't really know, like, you know, who's going to be that guy that's going to step it up. It's going to be a fun training camp battle to watch with all these tight ends battling it out. So we'll be interesting to see nonetheless. Let's move on now to another, to the final offensive guy we're going to talk about here. And that's Ryan Kelly. You t- was tempted to put Quentin Nelson on this list as well, but I think Ryan Kelly is clearly the guy that we want to put ahead of anybody on this offensive line. Simply the fact that he's getting paid like a, you know, a top 10 center right now, Derek, and he has not lived up to that billing, especially like the last two years. He is really not. Last year was kind of a culmination of everything. I felt like Ryan Kelly really struggled it, you know, pretty much the entire season. And you're he kind of looked like a shell of himself in certain ways. And so you don't expect that from a former first round pick who has traditionally played at a pretty high level. It just seems like Derek, he has really struggled uh, to find his footing again uh, in the last you know year, year and a half or so. So talk to me about Ryan Kelly and the Colts were initially he had him on the trading block and then you know, obviously they decided to keep him around for another year. So talk to me about Ryan Kelly and what he has to prove here in 2023. Yeah, there was, I mean, you and I even had the same questions about him last season. I mean, obviously with the former offensive line coach, Chris Strauser being in the building last year, there was no doubt that the whole offensive line in general had some severe communication issues. And there was times where you and I would watch back on the film and we'd be like, Ryan Kelly's not even blocking anyone. Like he's, there's multiple, multiple plays in the game where he just blocks a gap where no one's there and then refuses to help backside. Like almost like we were wondering, like, is this an offensive line issue, like a, a communication issue? Or is this a I don't care about football anymore issue or just not understanding football issue anymore? Like that was how bad it was getting. And it was getting Matt Ryan killed uh, in the early part of the season. Doesn't matter if it was no sacks allowed during the first couple weeks. He was Matt Ryan was getting killed up the middle because Ryan Kelly wasn't blocking people. So, you know, it, that was a lot to take in. And I'm a little less worried about, like, him having a rebound. Uh, but it's, you know, the rest of the fans, right? Like, the fans want to know, like, hey, was this just a fluke year? Or are, are, are we seeing the rapid decline of the once great Ryan Kelly? So that's kind of what you're doing here. You're trying to maintain your reputation. Yeah, and I think I like the fact that the Colts kept him around for at least one more year to see, you know, with a new offensive line coach, Tony Sperano Jr., you know, can he get him back to that form? You know, can't I know he's a little bit older now. He's getting closer to 30. He might be 30 now, but he's getting around that age, you know, where, you know, but offensive linemen can can play into their 30s pretty easily. So, you know, you do wonder, like, maybe, you know, 
He just needed kind of a change of scenery in terms of uh, a new coaching staff and kind of a new perspective on how to play the position. So hopefully that'll help him get back to the form. But he definitely has a lot to prove if he wants to prove he can still have a couple more years left with Indianapolis because, yeah, it's not often you see, you know, a former Pro Bowl center be on the market like that. So we'll see on that. But Ryan Kelly's a guy that certainly has a lot to prove in terms of his future with Indy. Let's move on to uh, the defensive side of things. We have four guys on the defensive side of things we want to talk about. First guy is Quiddy Pay. I don't think it's a question, Derek. Quiddy Pay, former first-round pick a couple years ago, 2021. And uh, he's shown flashes, but, you know, it's really been some inconsistency. And it hasn't necessarily been in his play altogether. It's been more just being on the field consistently. Uh, Quiddy Pay's had some injuries he's dealt with the last couple years. But he's shown, Derek, when he's on the field, he can be productive and he can be a solid all-around player. Talk to me about Quiddy, kind of where he is and now entering year three and why you feel like and why we feel like, you know, he's kind of a guy here that's – he needs to prove something for sure. Yeah, I mean, Quiddy Pay is, you know, like you said, his biggest issue has been he's been unreliable for a lot of time. I mean, there's been a lot of time that he has been out. And, you know, the, the, the skills just haven't been able to catch up with the production just because he hasn't had time to be on the field enough to do that. So, you know, Quiddy Pay is, again, just like everyone else, like we know that he's got skill, but, you know, we got to, actually see him like you know actually do it for a full season uh because i know he's not up for a contract this year but you know with the way things are moving right now i mean there is a possibility that you know could he pay we could see the last of him at some point if you know dio dangbo uh picks up pace and if you know people continue to if the colts may try to look a different direction on that so i mean i know ballard doesn't like to give up on guys like that but I mean, if Quiddy Pay is a first-round draft pick, he's going to want money. But at the end of the day, he's not going to get much if, you know, he can't continue to perform. Yep. And Chris Ballard's shown. You know, we've seen it with guys. You know, if the guy's not, uh, you know, living up to the standards and, and doing what the Colts feel like they need to do, they're fine with moving on from. Obviously, you don't want to do that. You know, you want your first and second and third round picks to pan out. But like Ballard has shown no no hesitation to move on if he really wants to fix a position. And this has just been the one, Derek, that he has just continued to swing and so far doesn't really have a hit, you know, at edge rush. So Pay has an opportunity here to be a guy that maybe breaks into that eight to 10 sack category territory area. But you know, it all depends on can he stay healthy and can he be consistent. And if he can do that this year, I mean, I think I think that makes you feel a lot better about where you currently stand at defensive end because there's a lot of questions. And I think right now, Derek, there's a lot more questions at edge rush than there is answers. And Quiddy Pay has an opportunity to be a part of the answer and not more of different questions at that position. So, yeah, if he doesn't perform this year, Derek, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you see the Colts, depending where they are next year, taking a first-round pass rusher. like I wouldn't be shocked at all if they did that. But if Quiddy does show out, maybe they decide to go a different direction. So it really depends. It's kind of a big year for him in that frame point, in that that uh, discussion for him. So um, let's move on now uh, to the linebackers. And a guy that I think we were pretty obvious was going to make this list, Shaquille Leonard, you know, former All-Pro. He's been a guy that's been a model of consistency for Indy ever since he got drafted in 2018. 
This last year was a different kind of year for Shaq, though. I mean, he really struggled, you know, to stay on the field at all. He played only a couple games, and when he came back, he got hurt and again and was out, and just he just felt like he never got back to where he should have been and where he hoped to be after that surgery he had on his back. And now he he's here. He hasn't practiced in OTAs. He wasn't out there in mini camp. He hasn't been out there so far. He's just taking. I think he's just really taking his time. But this is the big year for Shaq, Derek, because he got paid a couple off seasons ago, and you know he's lived up to it one year. But last year was a, a really disappointing year for Shaq. And as good as the linebackers play last year, they really missed his playmaking presence in that defense. Yeah, I mean. I have a less worry about Shaq Leonard than most. But, I mean, you got people that are literally worried that, like, Shaq Leonard will never play again, which is hilarious because we've seen him have practice clips uploaded of him, you know, doing workouts and moving at a pretty good pace right now. Just clearly just needs a little bit more time to get his body right. There has been no indication to say that, He won't be ready for the season and vice versa. There's been no indication to say that he will be. So, I mean, we're just kind of in the dark, you know, and it's again, just the Colts fans, PTSD of the Andrew Luck situation all over again. So, you know, we just got to be one. We got to just go into a situation where we say, Hey, listen guys, I mean, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. And, you know, even getting a, 75% 75% Shaq Leonard for the next year uh, is still a really, really good linebacker. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just sitting back. I'm just waiting uh, just to see how he does. I That's the ultimate thing we got to do here. But, you know, a lot of Colts fans are worried, but they kind of just need to just wait it out. But at the end of the day, that's where Shaq's at right now. He's got to He's got to come back, and he's got to prove to everyone that he's still got it. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. I get why Colts fans are feeling that way, though. You know, there was a lot of uncertainty with the Andrew Luck situation. And I'm not saying it's similar to that at all. But, like, you know, there there were some of those questions and concerns. And you didn't have a lot of answers. And it feels like it's the same way with Shaq. And, you know, just unknown injuries and, like, unknown timelines are just a scary thing in general. If you're a fan and you don't really know, you never like to not have you know an, an answer when it comes to that. So I don't blame fans at all for feeling that way. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Shaq and they're just being more cautious with him. And he can be a full go when training camp does, you know, come at the end of July early August and he could be ready to go and I'm honestly fine if he sits out you know this this period and then if he's fully healthy it, it makes a lot of sense and I'm totally good with that so but Shaq does have a lot of lot to prove that he can be get back to that form because you know he did he even asked himself can I be the maniac you know uh, after last year how hard that year was for him when he opened up about that at the end of the year that was a tough year for him one of the lowest years of his life and so you know how does he use that to you know, motivate himself to come back. I, I really think it's going to be a cool story if he is able to get back how he came from basically the pit 
to where he, you know, hopefully gets to. So Shaq certainly has a lot to prove, but uh, hopefully he's, he's progressing in the right direction there. So, all right, another guy here, a uh, guy that's been a mainstay in this Colts defense, really since 2018 as well, Kenny Moore. By far the most disappointing Colt last year on the defensive side of things. I mean, we came in expecting this guy to be a top corner in the slot, and he was one of the worst corners in the NFL last year. I mean, it was crazy how bad he was. I know he did was dealing with some injuries. There were some other concerns, some frustrations with the scheme and things like that. But Kenny Moore comes in, uh, you know, fresh perspective. He's talked some things out with the Colts and stuff, and seems like he's a guy that's motivated, Derek, and hopefully that will translate to good play on the field. But Kenny Moore certainly has a lot to prove if he wants to have a future uh, in Indianapolis in their corner room. Yeah, I mean, very disappointing year last year. And it's crazy, too, because, you know, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, there's just a lot of things going against Kenny Moore right now. He wanted a new contract last offseason, didn't get it. Chris Ballard said, we're going to wait. And then sure enough, I mean, and then he has the worst year of his entire NFL career. So it's like, you know, did he take it personally? Did he say, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to perform as well. Or was that in the back of his mind or was it just a, you know, getting used to a new defensive coordinator, you know, that sort of vibe, which is kind of odd because like the rest of the defense didn't seem to have a problem with, you know, adapting to this new defensive scheme. So why was Kenny Moore one of the only ones that struggled? And don't even mention Brandon Faison's name, people. I know what you're thinking, but at the same <laughs> time, Brandon Faison was just trash, okay? Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, Kenny Moore, I mean, he's got the most to prove when it comes to a lot of guys on the defense because if he wants another contract, definitely going to have to improve versus what he did last year and prove that, you know, he's worthy of uh, being considered a top uh, cornerback again. Yep, absolutely. And then the last guy in the list, uh, another guy that's entering a contract year, he just made a switch from free safety to strong safety. That's Julian Blackman. I mean, a guy that Derek, I mean, he was lighting the world on fire his rookie season. I mean, if it wouldn't have been for Chase Young doing what he did, I really think Julian Blackman had a great chance to be the defensive rookie of the year. And then obviously had the major injury in year number two that came back last year and played in almost every game, um, which was great to see. And definitely seems like Julian Blackman's trajecting in the right way and um, which is exciting. And, you know, now making the switch to strong safety. I've always felt like Derek Julian Blackman plays bigger than he is. He's always been a guy that's not afraid to come up and lay the wood and make a big hit and, you know, kind of lay his body on the line. And, you know, I know traditionally when you think of strong safeties, you think of guys that are, you know, 200, 215. But Blackman's a little bit undersized for a strong safety, but I think he has a great opportunity here, not just as a player, but also as a leader in this locker room as well, Derek, with, you know, obviously, you know, last year uh, with Rodney McLeod and all that stuff and him, you know, moving on and, and signing with Cleveland, it opens the opportunity for Julian Blackman to be that veteran voice in that young safety room. So talk to me about Blackman and kind of what he has to prove here coming into this year. Well, contract year, like we said in a recent video, you know, contract year, he's got to deal with it. And, you know, he's been dealing with the injury bug too. So he's kind of been in the same boat as a couple other players on this list. And it's in the same situation where 
you got to perform. And there's a couple other guys that are sitting behind him that to really use that spot. If Julian Blackman doesn't, you know, stay healthy and continue to progress like we need him to. Because again, he was such a phenomenal player uh, his rookie year. Would have won rookie of defensive rookie of the year had Chase Young not had that year that he had before he got injured. And then sure enough, just we just Julian Blackman just hasn't quite recovered from that since. So hopefully, like I said, Julian Blackman gets back to what he was because if he is, then that's going to be a fire uh, backfield there in the secondary with Rodney Thomas and Julian Blackman back there. Absolutely. So, guys, those are the players that we have as players with the most to prove here uh, for the Indianapolis Colts heading into the 2023 season. Let us know if there's any other players that you would include as well. I could hear potentially a couple other guys as well, but these are the ones that we kind of narrowed it down and talked about. So let us know your thoughts in the comments below, but that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.